Obviously, we're here to urge House Republicans to settle their differences among themselves, come to their senses, and honor the deal that they made with President Biden earlier this year. If they fail to uphold this basic responsibility, then they will trigger a completely avoidable shutdown. If that happens, then about 84 hours from now, the U.S. federal government will be forced to close, threatening our economy, our national security, and leaving Americans in every state and territory less safe. I want to make clear that the impact of, or I want to make clear the impact of a potential Republican shutdown so that there is no confusion about what's at stake for transportation, for working families, and for all Americans. And just as importantly, I want to talk about what's at stake for all of us if those who are holding this funding hostage get their way in their demands for severe cuts to important federal functions, including transportation safety. But first, I just want to identify with the millions of Americans who are looking at what's happening in Washington right now in disbelief. Funding the U.S. government is a basic responsibility of Congress. It is not normal that in the most powerful country in the world, fringe congressional Republicans from time to time are able to put the entire country at risk of simply shutting down the government. In particular, I'm concerned about the casual disregard that is being shown for the people who would be impacted the most. Any House Republican comfortable with shutting down the government should explain themselves directly to the soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines whose paychecks will stop after Saturday. And they should explain themselves directly to all of the nonpartisan civil servants who make sure that planes land safely, who inspect trucks and railroads and pipelines to prevent disasters, who will have to go without pay. I'm also concerned by the context of uh, the cuts that these House Republicans are trying to force. There is a lot of attention going to the possible shutdown. In my view, not enough attention going to the objective of that threatened shutdown, which is to extract cuts that the overwhelming majority of Americans reject. So let's take a minute to review how we got here. This summer, President Biden and Speaker McCarthy shook hands and made a bipartisan deal to keep this country running. And two-thirds of House Republicans voted for that deal. I should note that deal was tough for all sides. Frankly, it was tough for this department because it meant cutting back on funding for good infrastructure projects that we believe in, fixing roads and bridges and airports. But we accepted it because that was the deal. Now, a fringe group of House Republicans is refusing to honor that deal, putting them at odds with the majority of their own party as well as the majority of the American people. They are holding key functions of our government hostage to try to get extreme cuts to things like childcare and Meals on Wheels that so many Americans count on every day. Let me emphasize what a shutdown would mean for transportation. After everything that we have been through, after all of the disruptions to air travel, especially the ones that we saw last year, we have finally seen cancellations and delays get back down to normal levels. In fact, we've seen cancellations go to a level now that is lower than it was before the pandemic. We've done that pushing airlines to do better, we've expanded passenger rights, and we've accelerated improvements to FAA's own staffing and technology. But a shutdown would stop all of that progress. It would mean we would immediately have to stop training new air traffic controllers and furlough another 1,000 controllers who are already in the training pipeline. 
And I want to emphasize that the complexity of the hiring and training process means even a shutdown lasting a few days could mean we will not hit our staffing and hiring targets next year. Meanwhile, it would deprive those air traffic controllers who are still working of their paychecks. And I want you to imagine the pressure that a controller is already under every time they take their position at work. And then imagine the added stress of coming to that job from a household with a family that can no longer count on that paycheck. That is the consequence of a shutdown. But also, whether there's a shutdown or not, I want to go through some of the things that would happen if House Republicans get their way on cuts. To absorb the 8% cut that they have proposed, we would have to totally freeze FAA hiring in operations and facilities. We would be set back in modernizing systems like the NOTAM system that led to nationwide havoc with just a 90-minute outage, outage earlier this year. And what's especially galling is that we see some of the same elected officials who have responded even to weather delays by blaming the administration now turning around and demanding that we cut resources for air traffic control. So that's air travel operations. Then you have rulemaking and grants. So we have been advancing some of the strongest customer protections for airline passengers in generations. Our Office of Aviation Consumer Protection has helped passengers get billions of dollars in refunds for canceled flights. We're developing a rule to get passengers compensated for long delays. We're developing rules to make family seating free so that you never have to pay to sit next to your kid. We're enforcing passenger rights. And a shutdown would stop that work in its tracks. Not to mention work around the department like helping emergency first responders dealing with hazardous materials and work that goes on to strengthen rail safety regulations. Then there's the day-to-day -day work of rail safety. After the Norfolk Southern derailment in East Palestine earlier this year, leaders on both sides of the aisle in Congress rightly came together to start a process to help make our railroads safer. We are still looking for Congress to follow through and actually pass the Railway Safety Act, but we're not waiting for Congress to do our own continued work on safety under current authorities. But again, a Republican shutdown would stop our work on new safety rules, all because some of the same people who rushed to get in front of a camera during the East Palestine derailment aftermath are now demanding extreme cuts to railroad safety inspections. Their proposal would cut 4,000 safety inspections next year alone, meaning 11,000 miles of railroad track would not get inspected compared to uh, the current levels. So I don't understand how anybody could claim to be serious about railroad safety and then turn around and defund our inspectors. And that's just transportation. A Republican shutdown would affect everything from national security and law enforcement to food safety and disaster relief. And again, those House Republicans who created this hostage situation have made clear that their goal is to force extreme, permanent cuts to a lot of those same programs, the kinds of programs that millions of working families count on every day. That includes nutrition assistance. There are 7 million women and children nationwide who rely on federal nutrition assistance, including half of the babies born in this country under a Republican government shutdown. Women and children would be potentially turned away at the grocery store. And to be clear, the reason some House Republicans are threatening to shut down the government in the first place is because they want to make permanent cuts to that program and others like it. 
The president, by contrast, is fighting to expand it so that every eligible mother, expecting mother, and child can get the food that they need. When it comes to our service members, there are 1.3 million active duty troops who would be forced to work without pay until the government is back up and running. And hundreds of thousands of their civilian colleagues at the Department of Defense would be furloughed. Reservists scheduled to drill would be sent home. Their drill time and pay is unrecoverable, something that I remember experience, uh, experiencing as a reservist during a previous shutdown. All of this undermines our national security in very real ways. And it's ironic, to say the least, that some House members who claim to support our military are actively threatening to make our service members work without pay. And then under the cuts that have been proposed, some of the numbers are that 60,000 seniors would lose access to nutrition services like Meals on Wheels. 65,000 children could lose access to childcare. We'd have 40,000 fewer educators affecting 26 million students. 20,000 veterans would lose their housing vouchers and risk homelessness. And 300 more pounds of fentanyl, 6,000 more pounds of methamphetamines, and 50,000 more pounds of cocaine could be let into this country. And their proposal leaves out vital funding that the president has requested for things like rebuilding American communities hit by climate disasters, fighting fentanyl trafficking, and helping Ukrainians defend themselves against Russian invasion. My point is there is no good time for a government shutdown, but this is a particularly bad time for a government shutdown, especially when it comes to transportation. The consequences would be disruptive and dangerous, and so would the long-term consequences of paying the ransom to avoid it in the form of savage cuts to safety, infrastructure, and other priorities. President Biden keeps his word, and that includes the promises he's made to the American people and the deal that he struck with Speaker McCarthy. Now it is up to those in the House of Representatives to live up to their word, to not play political games with people's lives, to keep the government up and running, and to deliver for the people that they serve. Thanks again for coming and happy to take a few questions.